On this episode of Mistake by the Take, Jake and Dylan come back from vacation and they're talking Cavs offseason. They'll go over who the Cavs have lost in free agency, as well as the re-signings and new acquisitions, including Max Drews and Georges Niang. They close it out with an NBA offseason trades edition of This or That. You're not going to want to miss it, so you're going to listen right here on this episode of Mistake by the Take. Y'all thought we were done. We, we back. We we ain't leaving. We back. Episode eighteen. Mistake by the take. It's Dylan Feldovich alongside my boy, my best friend, Jake Volnick. Oh, that one hit the heart. Yeah, it's good to be back. It really is. I'm 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 happy. It's a, it's a, what a time to be alive. You know, uh, we got some great stuff today. It, a lot of stuff has been happening with the Cavs off season. So we might as well get into it. But first, as always, Jake, man, how we doing? I'm doing good, man. A week off? It, it didn't feel right, honestly. Didn't feel right at all. Like, people might think like, oh, I mean, maybe they don't. Maybe they think we're just a bunch of, you know, whack-offs that do this for absolutely <laughs> no reason. And that what we do has, like, no difficulty to it whatsoever. But it does. It, it uh, you know, we, we actually prep and take some time and two hours an episode twice a week i mean it's it's taxing at times it's taxing but at the same time it's so much fun oh yeah i mean we love it yeah because it's one of those things in life where when you do a certain action or something that you really love like everything kind of melts away all your problems and everything and every time i go behind this mic that's what it feels like truthfully oh yeah i mean the, the real world does not exist exactly but, but yeah, I mean, the, uh, what I was going to say, by the way, was yeah. that... Oh, oh, yeah, you were going to actually say something? Yeah, I was going to actually turn that into a point, crazy oh, okay. enough. But uh, some people, you know, you might think that, like, oh, like, they took it as, like, a, a break and, like, it was a little bit of relief for them. Like, no, not really. Like, it, I mean, we were both out of state, but it wasn't, like, a relief. And honestly, I was itching to get behind the mic. Like, yeah. the week off was worse for me than having the week there. Like, I just, I wanted to be back. Yeah, it, it, it was, don't get me wrong, like... It was nice, but at the same time, I'm a guy, I've said this before, I like a lot of structure in life, so being able to record this on Tuesdays and Thursdays, which that's usually what we do, it kind of gives my life a little bit more structure, which is super nice, and especially too when you're in the summer and you're not really doing anything else, yeah, it helps a lot, so... Yeah, I mean, it, it's been a fun ride for the 18 episodes that we've done so far. Well, in This the, being 18, right? Yeah. So, but no, I mean, and there's more to come as well, too. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy to think, like, on both the sides of it right now, like, we've been doing this for two months already, but also, like, it's only been two months. I know. <laughs> like, it's such, a, it's such a weird flop. Like, it's like, dang, two months is, like, a long time to be consistently podcasting for. Right. Like, you know, obviously people out there doing it longer, and we're not stopping anytime soon in our minds, but, like, also... Two months, yeah, like, yeah. I feel like we haven't talked nearly that much, right? And the, time time flies, but at the same time, it doesn't. You know. Oh yeah. But yeah, other than that, it's been it's been a. You know what was the thing that's been on my mind lately? Let's hear it. So the MLB draft started on Sunday. Oh, I know. So I, we we got into this argument too. We'll get into that point in a sec. But 
we'll and we'll talk about the draft in 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 hot off the take uh, hot off the press sorry hot off the take I mean combining the <laughs> combining, two now at this yeah, point the name of our segment the I'm name rusty, of our show yeah um but the one thing that I wanted to point out and yes it is going to be me flexing my muscles a little bit the little ones that I have I it's getting to the point in my career where I'm like I'm seeing dudes that I've played against get drafted. Now, the first one, there was in total, I'm pretty sure it's three right now because there was, I knew one that was going to get drafted for sure. That was Max Clark. Everyone, like, it's crazy to think about, you know, Gatorade player, national player of the year. Really, like, dude was insane in high school. And I actually played against him my 15 new year. Not my 15 new, he was 15. I was 17. The funny story about him, he was up to bat, and I'm looking at this kid. He's lead off, and I'm like, this kid's pretty big. So I took a couple steps back since I was in center field, and my coach yells at me, and he was just like, hey, like you can't like scoot back in. You know, It's a leadoff hitter. I'm like, oh, gosh, this is going to burn me. Sure enough, the kid just whacks one over my head, and I'm like, yeah, that kid's going to be pretty good eventually. Turns out to be the number three overall pick, so that's pretty insane. And then also, to the 22nd pick, which I did not expect, uh, Colt Emerson. He's a kid from uh, down south, like southern Ohio. First actual high school player to get drafted out of Ohio since 2007, I believe. Wow. So, Deep in the stat book. Yeah. I think I faced him, I want to say, like 15 or 16 U. Again, another kid that was playing up. But the third one, too, shout out to... Kent State boys over there. Joe Whitman, he went to Hudson. He was another kid, a dominant lefty, one for one against him. Again, not trying to flex my muscles or anything like that, but it was the weakest hit of my life. Anyways, though, it, it's just cool to see like all of those guys blossom into a career. But at the same time, it sucks thinking like I'm a failed D three athlete, and these dudes that I were playing against are just getting drafted. Yeah, just a couple of first rounders, no yeah, big just deal. Casual. And uh, Joe Whitman was a third rounder, pick sixty nine actually. But <laughs> nice, yeah, nice. So you know, I just wanted to give a quick little little shout out to that because you know it's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna need you to get one of those buttons ready really quick. Oh boy, because you actually you sent me a text, and not to steal your thunder because it is a really cool moment. Yeah. But you uh, you sent me a text that simply said, oh yeah, you know what's coming. It simply said, also, I'm at three guys now. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Yeah, no. It, Pause, brother. I, when I was, I, I, because that's right as Whitman got drafted, I was like, oh shit, like he just went off. And I, because I, I knew he was probably going to be like second, third round. And I was just, he's. You said that, and I'm like, oh, man, that sounded so bad. I wish I could have deleted it. <laughs> my, my exact text back was literally, pause, hey, yeah. yo. Yeah. So I knew I had to bring that up in the show. Oh, of course, yeah. I, I couldn't let that slide. No, no. I, You know, you're keeping me in check. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah you got to gotta pick your battles, pick your words a little bit more carefully. There. Yeah. The the term, I'm at three guys now, might not play into your favor. <laughs> it's, it's very bad. You you did have a funny text today, too. I, I mentioned something about how I think Jake has I I find it astounding that Jake hasn't been thrown in a mental asylum at this point because he never sleeps. No, and sir. at this point, like if I was on that type of schedule, I, I wouldn't be able to function. And so then I said, like, how are you not in a mental asylum right now? And he simply just says, 
Here it is. Oh, they ain't locking my ass up. They ain't locking my ass up. I was like, nice, dude. Nice. They can't get me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm clinically insane, but I'm not getting put in the straitjacket. Hey, I mean, you know, whatever. We're, we're good. We're, we're rocking. You know, we're rocking. We're rocking and rolling. So let's kick it off, though. Enough banter. And um, let's get into the meat and the bones. The, the the real the real true stuff hot off the press baby here we go um this week has been like pretty interesting pretty down but like at the same time sort of interesting since we've been talking about the MLB draft i will say this paul skeens taken number 1 overall by the pittsburgh pirates the reason why i thought it was pretty interesting to bring up right now because jake does not really give two shits about the draft. We had a long talk about it. I care, but I don't, right? Like, I'm going to look at the guys that my team drafts, but at the same time, like, I'm probably not going to see the guys for four years in the major leagues make an impact. And this is somebody who myself pays attention to minor league baseball probably more, a lot more than the average fan, I would say. And I still don't care. No, I I agree. Like, we drafted an 18-year-old in the first round. I will say, though, that kid was... Oh, I mean, he looks electric. We're probably going to talk about it in Friday's episode, so stay tuned for that one. Uh, But anyways, Paul Skeen's taken number one overall by the Pittsburgh Pirates. The interesting part about it was many people thought that it would have been Dylan Cruz at number one. They're both LSU kids. Which is insane. Cruz had an insane year, behind, like, hitting-wise. I think he hit, like, 450. uh, It was, like, 415. He He sort of fell off towards the end of the year. But the rumor floating around was Cruz didn't want to play for the Pirates and basically said, like, if you guys draft me, like, I'm gone. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna accept. I will do something else. Which I find really interesting because you don't see that in any other sport really, if you really think about it. The NFL I could think of a couple of takes. I mean the Eli Manning refusing to play for the uh did not want to play for I believe it was the Chargers. The Chargers draft day trade him over to the Giants. Like, that's the only instance of... There's one other NFL one that's escaping my mind, exact same scenario, but uh, I think it was another quarterback, but I, I can't think of it at the moment, but it's the only, like, other times that you really ever see that draft-wise. Right, no, so, I don't know. I mean, I want the Pirates. It's the it's the Pirates, you know. But I, Truthfully, I probably would have picked Paul Skeens at number one overall regardless. Kid's talking 102, man. On average, usually. On average. It's... That kid's nuts. So, yeah, that was I thought that was an interesting little tidbit that I wanted to bring up there. But, uh, yeah, that, that's about it for the MLB draft from us in that perspective until yeah, Friday. That's about all that matters. So, staying with baseball, though, Vlad. Vlad, Vlad Guerrero. Oh, man. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Got it that time. We got it. Home run derby winner. I mean, hey, I can't complain because I want some money off of it, too. I can complain. I didn't. Yeah. I lost some money on it. Well, that's just a skill issue on your part. You know, hey, you know, we're still uh, we're still up like 250 over the last two weeks, so no complaints. All right, so someone else is flexing their muscles today. Hey, man, when you're hot, you're hot. I got to let it ride. It's hot off the press. Dude, I was honestly scared. I didn't think he was going to win it. Yeah, I didn't think so either. Yeah, I mean, you were even texting me. You looked gassed. He looked gassed the whole time. Speaking of gas, my bet for Julio Rodriguez, L, he gassed himself out in the first round by hitting 41 home runs. Yeah, well... Incredible feat. What I did was this. I used $10 of free play on uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Sorry, don't specify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. But I also used $3 that I had extra 
on Julio Rodriguez. And the funny thing is, I cashed out just in time on Julio Rodriguez to win 82 cents, technically. Wow. What a, so, what a pro- I mean, hey, we don't, there's no unit shamings, and a win's a win. Well, I mean, it was free money. Like, it, right. was, it was just like laying around in my account. So, a win's just, a win. And in other words, too, I also got my new driver thanks to betting. And go. a little bit of other things. And a little bit of other things. But it's okay. Betting played a part. Either way, we're going to move on to the football talk now because even though it is the off season, there is still going – it's never the off season, by the way. The never off season doesn't exist. It, never, it doesn't us, exist. Right? I very – my apologies. Pat Fitzgerald gets fired, which was kind of crazy because there's a recent scandal that just came out that a bunch of former players allegedly claimed that there was – a there was some hazing in the locker room. I read through the stuff, and it was, if true, really scary. And just, it made me feel uncomfortable. But he claims that he didn't know about it, and he shouldn't have been fired. It sounds like he's probably going to take some legal issue here. Overall, like, this just kind of came out of nowhere, too. Yeah, Pat Fitzgerald, head coach for Northwestern football team, by the way. Yes, Northwestern. Yeah, did I say Western? Yeah. I say, oh, yeah, I'm an idiot. It's okay. Northwestern football team. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm on the fence about it, right? Because, like, hazing is a, a control of your players issue, which is the coach's job. And if that's happening, your players should feel comfortable enough to come tell you. And, I mean, it just should. There's no room for that. We've seen it here in Ohio. I mean, there's literally laws against it. Right. Like, it just in general for, like, frats and stuff, that it's literally punishable by, like, it's considered a crime. Yeah. By legal action. But also, I mean, you know how a college locker room works. I understand the inner workings of a college locker room. Like, the coach is never there. The, the coach does not have to know what's going on outside. Like, this could be stuff happening in a football house. Yeah. Like, there's no way to know that the coach absolutely knows that this is happening. And if that's the case, I mean, I feel bad for Pat Fitzgerald. Like, the guy's just out there trying to coach football, and he's got a couple of bad eggs that ruined his job. I don't – obviously, it's kind of just how I go with all of these types of scenarios where I'm not going to assume anything until the everything is settled down. So – and I said this beforehand. My hot take was this. He should have been fired, period, regardless of, like, play. I, I have a so opposite take of that. Like, I just – I don't – Northwestern I did not was, like him as a coach. Northwestern's so bad at football until he gets there, and he's been over 500. Like – I'm not Dude, saying he was incredible. He won one game last year, didn't he? I don't even know. You're expecting me to know the Northwestern football record off the top of my head. I don't know. Like, I, that's just not something I got stored away in the memory. Not a Big Ten fan, I see. I, I'm an Ohio State fan. You know how, what happens when they play Northwestern? They beat the shit out of them all the ways? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, last year I think they actually didn't. But well, that was, was like the that rain. Crazy yeah, that was the rain bowl, game. But, you know, it's, you know. Either way, though. Uh, yeah, he went he went 1-11 last year. I, I just... I never really liked him. I thought he was overrated, and now he's gone. I'm not going to – I'm just saying from a perspective of an actual coaching side, I didn't think he was that good. I don't want to judge his character just yet and say that this is a bad dude if he let that happen because it wouldn't be fair if they came out and they find out that he actually didn't know anything about it. So either way, though, Pat Fitzgerald is gone. He is done with the Northwestern – football team for now and that leads into our last part Bob Huggins 
another former college coach, but this side basketball uh, for West Virginia. We talked about it before. He claimed that he never resigned. This one's a weird scenario, in yeah. my opinion. And for anybody that needs the refresher, he's been charged with a DUI. Also said some, you know, not anti- so nice things on the radio. Yeah, it was anti-homophobic, or it was homophobic anti. I don't know how to. It was homophobic <laughs> slurs. I don't know how to say that properly, but it was just bad stuff. Yeah, he said that live on radio, not once but twice in the same interview. Um, and the big thing was he was asked where he thought he was when he was pulled over for drunk driving, and he said Pittsburgh, or he. Yeah, I think he said Pittsburgh, and the man was in Columbus or vice versa. I, he was, he too, was in the wrong state, he, what he said. Yeah, he, he was not in the right state of mind, nor did he think he was in the right state of the United States of America. So that's an issue. That's that's a big issue on that one, especially if you're going to try to operate a vehicle at that point. But either way, that's going to wrap up hot off the press. So you want to take the honors today? Oh, I might. And uh, Bob Huggins, you're not getting your job back. But more importantly, hey, uh, hey Lisa. Put out the fire, would you? Great. Now we'll never get the game back. Sure we will. No. Yeah, we're getting it we'll back. Never, we'll never get the game back. <laughs> you you like opinion. to say that when you're on the mic, but uh, you know who's it on Thursday, right, for the Friday episode? Yeah. Yeah, it's me. And yeah. I'm definitely, I'm, I'm getting oh, Lisa well. in there again. So. Either way, though, yeah, that's... that's... Okay, moving on. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of your shit. We're getting the game back. Hot yeah. off the press. It, you know, it's all nice that we take our little hyenas and stuff, and then we come back and we just start fighting again. So it's not like we, you know, take a break from because we even are we're arguing on text as well too. So it's yeah. I'm honestly surprised we didn't have any Twitter beef over the week. Honestly, well, it's gonna come up soon with D Hop. Yeah, hopefully. when he doesn't sign with the Pats. And did you see those betting odds that came out? Dude, I don't even care at Pat's this point. favored. They've been favored. I got a I got a video fired up too and ready for it. I'm he, I'm, I'm excited. He would have signed by now. He would have signed by now. He went to sign by now. Yeah, complain, complain. <laughs> Anyways, you know it's true. What we'll get into what we actually wanted to talk about today. <laughs> We're not going to talk about DeAndre Hopkins again on the podcast until he actually signs. Maybe. And then we will. And then we will. But we're going to move into the Cavs off season. Since it's finally ramping up a little bit, the off season's here. Off season again, yeah. Finally, we're back. Yeah. It overall, I want to gain your perspective on it. Are you are you happy so far? Or before we get into like all of everything that's been going on, are you happy with it? Where are you standing with the cast specifically? Correct. Yes. Um. I think there were certain needs that needed to be addressed, and we have indeed addressed those moves in terms of individual pieces and how I like them uh, here and there. Uh, I have opinions on each guy, and you know it, it varies by individual. But as a whole, I think Kobe Altman went out and did the right thing, got the right needs filled that he needed to get filled. I think he got a lot of the players that he needed – but I don't know if it's the right guy. Yeah. Because there was a lot of times where I'm like, are we swinging for the fences or are we still playing content? And we're going to talk about one move little bit in a little bit that I'm like, what are we doing? You know? Either way, though. I don't think this team needed another star either, which, I mean, we'll get into this later. But I think 
you're looking for more like contributing role pieces on this team that are actually going to like play a good role, not like a star role, but a major rotational role on this team and be effective in it more so than like yeah, the Tobias Harris stuff and all yeah. that. No, that's fair. But in, before we get into all of that, there are some people that made a little bit of a departure from Cleveland. And Play this your is tiny from violin. this is yeah little little tie <laughs> the it was world's from, tiniest violin yeah, yeah from, from SpongeBob. SpongeBob yeah Mr. Krabs so we lose a, some pieces I don't I mean I don't I want these wanna, guys didn't I want to say contributing pieces to free agency and I'll just go down the list Dylan Windler uh, Raúl Neto Robin Lopez Danny Green Mamadi Diakite like. That list doesn't really scream like, oh my gosh, we just like missed out and we we fumbled the bag or anything like that. Yeah, no, like when the guy who probably played the most minutes on this team that you're losing is Raul Neto, like he, he didn't lose a whole lot. And, and then it was a, you know, he played here and there and he was okay, but I'm not really sad to see him go. Me either, obviously. The only piece that I was like, holding on to just like a little bit was still with Windler. But even then, like the dude had no role whatsoever. I was so gone off of Dylan Windler already that it was like a, a just prayer up to the heavens already that he's finally gone. Like I wanted him to be good when he got drafted and I actually kind of liked him. Like he was a good shooter, but he's been injured his whole time. And even when he's not injured, he's incredibly ineffective. It, to put it in perspective, he averaged 1.7 points per game last year. Not much of a role. You know, I would I would say that that's like, like wow, like he just didn't you know get in there a whole lot or, what. dude, he played three games. Like yeah, he was just not involved like, whatsoever. I, that's atrocious. He played three games in three minutes. Yeah, like wow. Like, let's be realistic here. I mean, the dude played three minutes this year. Yeah, and I think the thing, three minutes per game, three minutes per game. Yeah, so like oh, like ten minutes in total. Right, but he also didn't score six points like for the whole year. Still though, like that's a, that's an embarrassment. Yeah. That's it's not ideal. No, especially to I think the reason why people were holding on to him so much was because he was a first round pick at one point, which I I could see, but at the same time, at what at what point are you done? And they're moving off of him, you know. Yeah, well, now, right? <laughs> like, Especially, uh, yeah. I now. think you could have done it last year, really. But you, you definitely could have last year because, again, no role whatsoever. I mean, no one else really to highlight it out of that group. You could, I mean, Robin Lopez reuniting with his brother and with um in in Milwaukee. Sorry, I'm yeah. rusty, man. I'm I'm losing. I need to get back in the groove. Just got to get you into a deep breath and a relax. I mean, right. Robin Lopez and Brooks Lopez. Don't get yourself amped up too much. The no Lopez kidding. brothers are not going to be causing I'm fired damage. Fired up by them, yeah. Brooks will. Brooks Robin will. Robin yep. will be sitting, I would say on the bench, but he will literally have his rear end planted on hardwood because he refuses to sit on a chair, and I will never get over that. Yeah, that, I I don't know why. Another one too, I mean Danny Green veteran let go kind of thing it, that was expected Dude, he shouldn't have been here in the first place right. he should have been Kevin Love yeah I, I agree I agree I'm not I'm not really disagreeing on that one just because it, it you got a slower smaller and less probably, effective yeah less effective Kevin Love in return for 
releasing him. Congrats. Woohoo. Right. Great job, Cavs. Cool. So then we'll move into probably the more exciting stuff. I would hope you would think it's more exciting. We did make a couple of re-signs for the Cavaliers. The first one that we need to talk about, and the one that's sparking a little bit of controversy, Karis LeVert comes back on a two-year, 32-mil deal. What are your initial thoughts with it? Um, So I, I'm on record in public saying that I didn't really care to have Karis LeVert back. Uh, that's, you know, out there. And, and I'll change my tone a little bit. I, I still don't love Karis LeVert. I really don't. But I also have said that he did show up in the playoffs. He was probably the most effective, consistent piece in those five games. Which isn't saying a lot. No, it's not. And I also really like the deal. It's. I, I was scared you are going to sign him to a $20 million deal. You worked your way all the way down to sixteen. Yeah, I look at the deal because we were talking about 20 potentially. Yeah. At that point, yeah, I, I was saying go kick rocks. Like, we don't want you at that point. 16 makes it interesting because it's not too much, but at the same time, that's starting caliber money, in my opinion. Close. I, Clo- I would say it's if like. If anything, close. Yeah, very close. And, you know, he could be a starter. He could be a starter. That's I think you. I think too. you most likely see him as a six man. And, like, that first guy off the bench, that, like, second unit top scorer. But even then, like, I, I was looking at some of the contracts and free agency being signed right now. Dude, $16 million is nothing. Yeah, it just it depends on what the move is is going to be from the small forward position moving forward. Because at this point, when you're looking at the roster, he's your starting small forward. I mean, do you, do you disagree? I don't know if he'll be the starting three again. I think he probably comes off the bench. The guy that we'll get into later through a trade acquisition Via trade, yeah. might be the three, which I strongly disagree with. But, again, that's for uh, later in the episode. Yeah, and again, we'll, like Jake said, we'll talk about it later on. But I, I still think, I don't know. It's it, Again, the small forward position was a need. And it was my biggest need heading into this season because – we needed to address the starting role and not just like with our power forwards or uh, centers where it was we needed to have more role guys off the bench. Yeah, some more depth. This is for a starter. And you saw last year what you got out of Levert as a starter. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I was super high on Karis Levert too. I don't know, I, I don't know why I was. But yeah, I can't say the same. I didn't love the pickup right away, but it just like I don't know if it's one of those guys where it's just is he really worth the 16 mil? I think it's close, but I just don't like sticking him into that starting role. I mean, 12 points, three re- probably four rebounds, four assists. Like he's not terrible. But again, if you want to elevate this team to the next level, like is he supposed to be that guy? Again, no. Like, I think he's so good off the bench. And like, I agree. That That's just where it is. Like, 16 mil, I think that's respectable as a six-man. Like, I, I think it's a lot of money, but the way we're moving towards with the CBA and money just keep going up and up and up for these teams every year, it doesn't look that bad. It, I, I think he's okay coming off the bench. I mean, this is a guy who was averaging 12 points a game last year. 
He stepped into his own at times. I did this stat for my other job a few weeks back, or last week. I don't remember what it was, but when it was officially announced, I think there were 14 games where he scored 20 or more points last year, and one of those was a playoff game. Like, we've seen it. This guy can go out there and drop 50 on any given night. Like, if you put it in his hands and he's hot, he could literally give you 40 or 50. It's a consistency issue with him. That's it, it the is problem. throughout the year. And that was the craziest thing in the playoffs. He looked like the consistent guy. And it was the opposite all year long. Which you hope, then at that point, you're banking on him being the playoff guy and rolling into the regular season. Which I, I'm a little scared of if we're going to bank on that one. Because, it, again, it, the market was kind of a little thin in the small forward perspective. You you probably had to do make more of a trade, which we ended up doing, again, later on. But, I, I don't know. I think it's just one of those scenarios where it's going to be tough of, like, I, I call it the Kirk Cousins effect, where they're good enough to at least make you like, like keep them. You in the conversation. Yeah, keep you in the conversation, but at the same time, it doesn't elevate you enough. And I think staying with Levert kind of just emphasizes that we are still stagnant at that position. We get Donovan Mitchell in here, and you know Darius Garland's still at the point guard, so like we got that addressed. And I mean, we have down low addressed too with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. But that's one key part right there where it's like, if we had a guy that's a consistent three, as in like offensive like shooters and stuff, it would be a lot easier. But at this point, I don't know. It might be me just rambling too. But I'm just I I, I feel a little frustrated still with I, the pick. I mean, I, I think it's fair, but also like, Karis Levert doesn't get enough credit in my mind either. Like. Not for last year, but his career as a whole. Oh, no, I agree. In his career, like, he was super underrated. Like, this is a guy that's averaged 20 points or more twice in his career. And, I mean, some of those, you know, not even full seasons. Like, he's struggled to play a whole year. Last year was the most games he's played at 74. But also, four extra times, he's been over 17 points per game. Like, he can put the ball in the basket. And I think a big thing last year was the Cavs had him teetering, whether he was first team or second team, you know, with the starters or on the bench. And I think if you just go ahead and you say, all right, Karis, you're going to the bench. When you come in, the ball is in your hands. Like, go out and put the ball in the basket and be a bucket. I think you see his numbers jump up. And I also think, like, you probably get a little more effectiveness out of him. He's not asked to be, like, an elite defender or spread the rock around, like, just tell him to go get a bucket, and I think he can do it. And that's the key. You said bench. Yeah. that's. A, I don't think he's a starter. And I agree with you 100%. Because other thing, too, what I just looked up, his points per game has slowly gone down since 2020, 2021. 2020, 2021. Yeah. He went from 20.7 to 13.7 to 13.6 to 12.1, which kind of scares me a little bit because at that point, like, you know, it, it's it's showing a little bit of decline, you know, and it, it maybe it's not like his minutes went down either. He's 
lost two minutes compared to that time throughout all of that. But overall, I don't know. I just think that if you move him to the bench, great. But if you keep kind of putting him into the starting forward, uh, small forward role, like it's not going to be ideal. Either way, though. No, no, I think you're right. Yeah. Either I, I just got caught up. I was looking at his basketball reference page. Yeah. And his nickname, uh, Baby Durant. <laughs> I've never heard one person in my entire life call Carousel Baby Durant. I mean, I, I don't even like see that in his game, really. No, I mean, maybe when he was younger, he was like lanky, but... I mean, he's only six six. <laughs> right, like, like it's not like he's like some lanky, sharp shooting dude. Like, no, I, I don't see it. I, I see it in his gameplay a little bit, like, a, a, maybe a little bit. But, but he, he's just a, a good scorer again. Like, I, I don't know. I think he's actually like a great prototypical six man. No, I agree. And it, like this six is like man. Yeah, he's the second coming of Lou Will. Like, yeah. <laughs> that, that is what I'm I see my boy him Lou as. Will. Lou Will, say what you will about him. That dude could get a bucket off the bench. Exactly. So the other re-signing that's worth mentioning is Isaiah Mobley, two-way contract. My question is this: Is it just because of his brother? Do you truly think, think that? I think that was like kind of what I wanted to talk about here too. And the great part is this isn't even in the outline, right? Like, right. This is just exactly where both of our heads go. Well, and that, that was the thing. Like when you put it in there, I was just like, it's an irrelevant move. But it's cool that we have the brother, at least, of our starting power forward, right? No, I mean, it's a cool thing, right? Like, at the very least, it's I mean, we do it with the Guardians, too, with Bo and Josh. Like, it, Okay, well, you know. But breaks. that's a little bit different because Bo, that's a Bo's start. a first-round yeah. pick. Okay, right. like, so it, it, it's different in that sense. I agree. Shut up. But I'm just uh, saying, though, like, it's... Yeah. Shut up their third brother, by the way. Also got drafted. Yeah. Miles Naylor, I believe, is his name. Um, But... In terms of actually talking about what we should be talking about, Isaiah Mobley, um, I think part of it's being his brother. You, you got to keep Evan happy. I think that's a great way to do it. You know, having his brother in the same city as him playing basketball on the same team. But also, like, I don't know. I kind of liked what I saw out of Isaiah Mobley last year. I, I think he looks better. And do I trust him as like a twenty minutes per game kind of guy? No. But do I also think that he's better than you know the 49th pick in a draft where you don't even know if he makes the team yeah kind of I think it was a move that when he got drafted a lot of people said that exact same thing where it's oh the Cavs draft him because he's Evan's brother right and I think that was probably the idea behind it I think it definitely played a role but now you sit there and look and it's like well hold on like he actually kind of looks okay and in the summer league he's starting to flex it out a little bit He's starting to look a little bit better, at least efficiency-wise. Like he's not going out there and dropping thirty points a game. No, I I agree, but it, yeah, and it's it, a two-way contract. It's not like you know they signed the guy to a ten million dollar deal. No, I, and I'm not hating on them signing him, not at all. Because listen, like it, again, it, at worst, it is a good culture move. So it, when you could get good culture out of a two-way guy, like totally sign me up. And it's not like we're expecting them to be like a key bench piece or anything like that. We got to, you know, set better expectations for it. And overall, like, I, I mean, yeah, he is the brother and stuff, but if he can at least manage and be a guy that can maybe contribute in the future, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. But again, like, it's managing the expectations of it. 
Because if we think that he's going to be a key bench piece by at some point, like, no, he's not. I'm sorry. Probably not, no. So I think if fans realize that, I'm okay with it. But if people are going to be like, oh, man, he may contribute soon, like, no. No, I think you could see him come in. I, I think you could even see him come in rotationally at some point this year. Just not like major minutes. No, and, and that's the thing. You're you're definitely not going to get major minutes with no. him. I mean, shout out in the summer league again. Dude's averaging almost 13 points per game. He's second on the team in rebounds with almost seven. He's leading the team in assists per game with five, and he's also averaging a steal and a block. Yeah, and that's that's good numbers. That's yep. good numbers. And I, you know, it. Yeah, and say what you will about the talent. It's definitely not the NBA, but still, it shows that he's at least keeping up with his peers. Yeah, like he's. Probably a top two or three player on the Cavs Summer League roster. Which is, it's promise. It's yep. a lot of promise. Speaking of, you want to do a quick little check in on our draft pick then? Yeah. Since why well, not? Because I mean, might it's as well, right? Perfect lead in before we get into the other acquisitions that happen. So, Imani Bates, you know, what, what do you think so far in the couple of games that he played? I think you're getting exactly what you expected out of him. I agree. I think you've seen three games now, and you've seen some times where he's looked really inefficient, where he's just pulling the ball with a hand in his face, and you're sitting there thinking, my God, stop it. Like, just please pass it. But you're also seeing times where he does that, and it's like a takeover. And you're like, dang, like this this kid's a bucket. And do I think he's ready right now? No. No, I don't. Like, I, I think he still looks raw. And he's got to put on some weight. But that's a big thing he talked about in his press conference before the summer league started was like, my main goal right now is to get my weight up so that I can actually hold my own in this league and look to play a role. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat right now. The dude, like, this is what you expected from him. You did not expect him to go out there and just be a defensive all-star and all of that. Like, no, you are giving this kid the ball just to shoot, basically. And he needs to obviously develop more pieces. But the thing is, like, if you have a high expectation for a second-round pick, like, I'm sorry, but that's not the case. He's a second-rounder for a reason. It's just like a seventh-rounder in the NFL. Yeah. It's just, that's how it is. Yeah, you hope they pan out. Right. It's just you're throwing darts at a dartboard and seeing which ones hit. And again, I love the Imani Bates pick. I, and if you're going to do that, yeah. I think that's the yeah. best dart you can throw. And I think at that point, I'm slowly starting to grow on it a little bit. But overall, like, yeah. I, it, there's nothing really to say other than you just are going to have to give him some time. I, I My hope is that he come, becomes that piece where you have a guy off the bench that could just score because you need that. You can't keep relying on Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland to be your main contributors in the scoring department. No. I'm sorry, like you can't. Especially, too, if they're off the floor, like what are you going to do? So if you can get a guy there, especially on a rookie deal with the, what, 49th pick? Yeah, like I'm, I'll take it. Yeah, I, I mean, he's... He's averaging up near like 16 points per game right now. I think it's like 16.7. I'm looking at his like per game stats, and I've been tracking it throughout. I mean, he was 5 of 12 one game. That was on the ninth, and he that was in 25 minutes. Went out there, scored 12 points. 
He had another game, his inefficient game, where you were like, woof, 5 of 18, he dropped 16. And then he goes out there on July 10th, which was yesterday as of the time of this recording on Tuesday the 11th. Dude, he dropped 21 on 7 of 11 shooting and 5 of 8 from deep. Like, that's good. Yeah. Like, that's incredibly good. It's what you ex- It's what you wanted from him. So hopefully now, like you said too, especially with like the weight gaining as well, you hope he develops that kind of aspect as well, getting a little bigger. So then he's not only like we talked with Weminyana, like yeah, obviously, so he could be able to manage someone that's bigger than him and stuff. But on the other hand, too, like even just saying healthy, like he needs to be bigger. Like that's a lot of wear and tear. You need just muscles at that point, you know? Yeah, I mean, you, you can't go in at the size that he's at. He looks like Slenderman. Like, exactly. He's literally skin and bones. I think he's at like 170 or something like that, 170, 180. Yeah, I think he measured in like 180, and their goal was to get him up towards like 190, 195, something yeah. like that by the end, by the start of the season. I just hope at that point it doesn't affect his shooting form because that's sometimes what happens with guys that shoot, like, they're, like primary shooters. They don't like to gain weight because it, I mean, you think, if you think about it, they get stronger, then their legs get stronger, so then it's harder for them to really time up there where they're, you know, shooting the ball and stuff. So I, I get it in that sense, but at the same time too, if you gotta manage your health, like yeah, you gotta do something and eventually just try to figure out the shooting form after that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I see it from both sides. Like obviously he needs to put on weight and I see the guys that don't want to, but he's the guy that like if he's gonna make it in the league, absolutely has to. Right. Because like, it's, not it's a choice. just and he's He's not a freak like Kevin Durant where it's just he could get away with it because he's really tall and you just, he can't do it. He's even smaller than Kevin Durant though. That's the thing. Right. He's skinnier than the build of Kevin Durant, like by a decent amount. And he's not an elite scorer like Kevin Durant is. No, and he's also not seven feet tall. So. Like he's tall, but he's not seven feet tall. Because I've I've heard, I've heard people say that too, where it's just like, oh, well, Kevin Durant. I'm like, no, like that's Kevin Durant. I'm sorry. Like we're talking about the anomaly not, you know, the actual baseline for these guys. Right. Uh, one name, by the way, before we move on from the summer league that I'm really impressed with. Let's hear it. Sam Merrill. Yeah. we That dude is shooting the lights out of the gym. Yep. He's shooting nearly 50% from three. Yesterday, I was absolutely stunned because I looked at the game. The Cavs had 64 points on the board. He had 27 of them. And he was 8 of 11 from three. Yeah, it, it, it's good to see that in the summer league. But again, I kind of take it like training camp in football, where it's like, all right, pump the brakes. Like, no, definitely. Right. We, we, this could be a, instead of a training camp hero, this is a summer ball hero, you know? So, it, but it, it goes to show you that we have some potential too, as well. Listen, all I'm saying, get this man on a two way contract. Yeah, and, if he's not and, and that doesn't hurt one. either. I don't, I don't know if he's on one. I don't care if he's on one. Just get him on one now. <laughs> you don't care if he's on one, but get <laughs> no. him on. Sign him to another one. Yeah. Put him on a double contract for all I care. This Triple. Yeah. Double it. Whatever. <laughs> Just keep throwing him on. Yeah. He's 6'4", and he had 10 rebounds. Like, yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. And by the way, that was all in 21 minutes. I don't yeah. know if the 10 rebounds was in that same game. That was his high for the season on these three games. But, uh, yeah, wow. No, he had, he had two rebounds in that game. But... In 21 minutes, he dropped 27 and was 8 of 11 from 3. It's good to see. It's good to see, though. I will admit that. Cavs need shooting. They Obviously. Guess what? Yep. It doesn't matter who you're playing. If you can shoot the ball, you can shoot the ball. If you can shoot the ball, get on the roster. Yeah, Let's go. Right. Come on. But moving forward now, here's probably going to be the most interesting part now. 
We're getting into the new acquisitions. And I don't know how I feel truly about them. Truthfully. Yeah. I I guess it was probably me hoping for a big name, like a Donovan Mitchell situation. Right. And I I think that was a lot of Cavs fans too. And it's just like, and I, and I get it because we got to set our expectations lower and stuff, but it wasn't even high expectations for me. Well, <laughs> it wasn't, but it wasn't like. Yeah, you got you, Those are two wild statements to put up next to each other. Of like, I, you know, you I wanted agree. a Donovan Mitchell signing, but also didn't have high expectations. I'm not, well, I wasn't, I didn't mean it like a Donovan Mitchell like. I'm more of just saying like something like a bigger name. Yeah. But overall, like, it was pretty underwhelming. I, I I don't know. We'll get into the first one, and this one's probably going to be the one that's talked about the most. Definitely. And that's Max Struess. And he comes through. He's acquired in the three-team trade uh, with the Heat and the Spurs. So, the and Heat, if, if that confused you at all, it's a sign-in trade. Sign-in trade, He yes. was a free agent coming into this year, but the Heat signed him, and that's what worked the trade out, basically. Exactly, yeah. And so then what it resulted into was four years and just above 62 mil, which would put him at about, I'd say, 15 and a half, 16 mil. Yeah, right. I'm assuming so, since it's 62 and a little bit, I'm assuming it probably puts it to... Seven, uh, to 16 mil it's in a year. Something really something close like there. that. Yeah. You know, we're not, again, com majors. Right. So a little couple of buttons in the calculator. We're not as far smart. as we go. Yeah. So, again, acquired through three, uh, three-team trade with the Heat and Spurs. So the Heat got a 2026 second-round pick from us, and it was the one from the Lakers, and it, the Cavs gave it up to them. Yeah, so it'll, it'll be the Lakers pick, but it came from us. Right. It, again, draft thing, all screwed up. Yeah. We don't yeah, Either it really way. doesn't matter to us. It's it the does second round matter. pick in twenty twenty six for the Heat now. It, again, dart throw. And then the Spurs they get Seti Osman, Lamar Stevens, and a twenty thirty round two pick. Like, Bro, that's I hate, insane. I hate how far you can trade out picks in the NBA. Like twenty thirty, you're literally trading a seventh grader. Yeah, <laughs> like right I, now that kid's in like seventh or eighth grade. Mind boggling. That, that is ridiculous. But either way, let's get into this one then. And the Cavs just get Struis. They that's, just that's got Struis. That's all. On the receiving end, how do you feel about it? So how do I feel about Struis? Yes. Just the receiving end. That would be the receiving end. <clears throat> See, this one's tough, too. Okay. So obviously the Cavs needed a shooter. That was one of the biggest needs that they said. They need somebody that can knock down the rock. What can Struis do? Shoot the three. That's what he does best. I mean, he's one of the most efficient corner shooters in the NBA. Like, his corner numbers were off the charts. This dude was literally shooting, I think, like 50% from the corner. So, like, shout out. But also, I'm now, once again, on public record somewhere. I don't know where even anymore, but... Pretty much, I think it was on our episode. It it might have been on our episode. episode. Yeah. This dude crumbled. Like, in the finals, absolutely dismantled. Like, it was one of the worst, if not the worst, final shooting performances I've ever seen in my entire life. Which is disappointing because that's what you're really hoping for out of him in that finals. He was supposed to be that key contributor. Jared Allen saying the lights are too bright? Like, this is... Hello. This is the the on-the-court version of saying the lights are too bright. Right. And, of course, this in the NBA finals, not the first round of the playoffs. Jared Allen, get your, you know, what together. 
But, like, I, I don't know. Because does he make an impact, and is he a better shooter than what you gave up? Yeah, he is. Like, downright, he looked good in the regular season. He even looked good in, like, a good part of the playoffs. But it's just, like, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth because the last thing I've seen out of him was an absolute horror show in the finals. I agree. My question is this. What's his role? And and this is what I don't like, too, right? You go out and sign him. The the dude's 6'5". And he's not known as to being a defender. Like, uh, some people try to toss around the idea that he's a 3 and D guy. Nothing no. I've seen out of Max Struess is, like, elite defense. None. So, you're going to go and play him at the 3. And if it was a regular team, like most teams in the NBA, and you wanted to plug him at the 3, I honestly think it works. I, I think it's fine. But the problem with the Cavs is you have two of the worst defensive guards in the NBA. Like, Garland already can't play defense. Donovan already can't play defense. You're adding in Struess, who really can't play defense. You you just cut out one through three. And I get, like, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley are probably two of the best defensive bigs in the league, but they're not covering a point guard. <laughs> it really kind of defeats the purpose. It's like you're just adding fire to fire at that point. Like, and I don't know the fix. Like, the fix, if you want a defensive guy, was Isaac Okoro, still is. But Isaac Okoro hasn't been able to play offense very well. This so it's like, and you also look at this team and you're like, we need somebody that can score the ball. Like, it can't all be Darius and Donovan Mitchell. Like, what do you do at the three? You can't pick offense or defense. You need some guy that does it both, which is like, you need a superstar, but you don't. Like, you, you already have three, like, star potential level players, plus Jared Allen, who's really good. People call it, like, you know, the core four, which is, I think, the biggest load of BS. Yeah, B, B shit, bullshit. Because, like, core fours don't exist. Big threes hardly exist right now. Right. Like Usually just twos or just a whole fucking team that's good. Yeah, like, you either are, like, a good a team that, like, knows the role. Yeah. Like, even the Nuggets. Like, look at the Nuggets. It's Jamal Murray. It's Nikola Jokic. And then after that, like, I don't consider Aaron Gordon a big three. No. Uh, <laughs> no. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know what you do at the three spot. I think they're going to plug him at the three. But I think you look at this team at some point early in the year, and you're just like, woof, they can't play defense. I look at it, I'm like, dude, that small forward position is way too crowded right now. Way too crowded. Think about it. I mean, you cleared up Jetty in the trade. Yeah, but at the same time, if you make Max Struess a three, I mean, you got Karis LeVert. Karis... In my mind, can play the two. But who is going to play the three? Who is going to start now at the three? Like I said, I think it's Struce. I don't love it, but I think it is. I I don't think you signed him. I don't think you signed him for what you did for four years. But at the same time, Karis LeVert's the same amount of money. If you're going to trace the money, you're looking at it from this. It's basically the same. I know it's long term. Maybe they're looking at it. With Struess, but like overall, I don't know. They're the same age. Like, do you really think not the same age? Uh, Karis, Karis Levert is one year older, I believe. He's twenty eight. Max Struess is twenty seven. I still don't really see it. Like, I, I don't know. Like, eh. Levert also about to be twenty nine. By the way, and he's twenty. Yeah, he's twenty eight right now. He's soon to be twenty nine. And uh, 
Struz is a March guy, so he'll be 27 for quite some time. Either way, it's though, like, it's like a year and a half. But I know what you're saying. I don't. That's a horrible long term plan if that's going to be your long term plan, right? So the thing that I get out of this is Struz is your catch and shoot three who's just going to be like on the floor but doesn't need the ball. Whereas with Levert, I feel like you need the ball. And he's good with the ball in his hands. So that's why he's your sixth man. That's also why you're willing to pay him a little bit of money because he's going to be commanding a whole unit and needing the ball. Yeah, I I don't know. I just think it's just it's frustrating to see that there isn't a definitive answer with the small forward position now. And that was my, again, that was my biggest need heading into this. I can't emphasize this more. I I understand that we needed more bench depth in the small, and not in the small forward, in the power forward, in the center position. I get it. But at the same time, like, this was huge. And you really didn't do anything that would really make it a clear cut answer anymore. And you just made it more confusing. And, and, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't trust Struce to be a guy that starts then. I mean, if he's coming off the bench, great, because we need more shooters. Not going to happen. I agree. Though. But the thing is, it's not going to happen probably. He's going to be in the starting role. And if it's not him, then it has to be Levert. And at that point, I think you're a bench with no identity. So if you're J.B. Bickerstaff, how about this? I'll pose this question. If you're J.B. Bickerstaff, who are you starting? Levert or Struess? I'm starting Struess. And I hate it. I absolutely, positively hate it. But again, and not for the sense that I think it makes your first group that much better, but I think it, in a way it does. Offensively, it absolutely does. Because Darius needs the ball, and Donovan also at times needs the ball. Like They both command the ball. And you can only have two guys that really like are ball-dominant in one lineup. Once you get beyond that, you start entering really dangerous territory. Warriors. I mean, basically. Even, even worse, right? Like, you could argue Clay didn't need the ball to succeed. Like, he could have been a catch and shoot guy at any point. That's going to be the Suns this year. Side note. Agreed. Which we'll also kind of get into later. Yeah. Um, but I think on offense, adding that catch and shoot of an effective catch and shoot guy in Struess is going to make your offensive side of the ball better than it would with Levert. I think it takes a toll on your defense. But in turn, your bench is also better with Levert than it would be with Struess because, once again, you have a ball-dominant player who can put the ball in the basket and you have somebody to turn to for the second unit. Yeah, I could see I could see that. I don't know. I feel like Levert would probably be my go-to right now. If I was making a starting lineup, but I don't know. I just think that you've made it even more confusing. And now, and then here's my other question then too. What's Okoro's role now? What are we going to do? I think he's like a backup small forward. I, I think you don't see that many minutes out of him unless he takes a step up offensively. Like I think he gets minutes, but maybe not like the 20 a game that you're necessarily expecting out of him unless he's in a big defensive role. Do you think we trade him? I don't think they should. I don't think they should either. I actually like him. I uh, liked him off the bench. I think he took a step up offensively, even though it was a small step and you're basically working from the ground with him. But also, like, I personally think he's one of the best on-ball defenders in the NBA. I agree, and that's why I would say keep him around. 
because it, it would help so much in those scenarios where, oh my gosh, Jalen Brunson lighting us up and we don't have anything to stop him. Lighting up Jetty Osman. Yeah. Which, by the way, we didn't talk about this side of the trade either. Go ahead. Which I feel like we'll is, roll uh, into right now. This is a good time to yeah. to push into it. Hey, enjoying this edition of Mistake by the Take? Never miss an episode by hitting the follow button on the podcast and by dropping a follow on all of our socials. That's at Mistake by the Take on Instagram and at MBTT Pod on Twitter. Again, at Mistake by the Take on Instagram and at MBTT Pod on Twitter. Thanks a lot. And now back to the show. I love what we gave up. Yeah, I, I do too. Because overall, two second rounders, one in 2026 and one in 2030. The second rounders literally mean nothing to me. And then also Lamar Stevens and Chetty Osman. Which one do you want to go into first? You, because I want to talk about both of them. Yeah, I do too. Which one do you want to roll with? you want to go with Chetty first? Yeah, let's go Chetty. All right, let's go. You lead it. All right. Chetty Osman. The one sad note coming out of this and I don't think Jetty's a like awful player either. I think he's just really inconsistent at times. But the one sad part of this is now there's not one single player on the Cavs roster who was in the NBA Finals with the LeBron era. Yeah. He was the last one. It's a moving on period. I get it. I don't think he wasn't on the 2016 team that won. That was Kevin Love's last piece of that. But he was on the following years where they had made it to the Finals and fallen short. So, I mean, it's officially the end of the LeBron era in Cleveland. Technically speaking, yes. Yeah, like in terms of, you know, connecting pieces. But overall, I mean, I don't think I could have complained about Jetty Osman more than I normally did. Like, he's inefficient at scoring the basketball. He's poor defensively. The only thing you were getting out of him was, like, a really good energy that the crowd seemed to, like, rally behind for whatever reason. I don't know why they did either. I don't know either. It made no sense. But they did. Like, he was a guy that they rallied back behind. Yeah. And also, like, it, it was the same thing, like the, the LeBron thing. Like, it, it was somebody that connected you to the deep roots of a successful team who had been there for winning championship times. But, like, other than that, you kind of just got a hustle guy at times. Like, that was all he did. Yeah. Like, but he, at that point, it's like an X. You got to move on. Yeah. You know? No, 100%. Like, <laughs> Your time with them is done. Like it's played out. Like move we on. Were, we were staying with Jetty Osman just because we were comfortable in the relationship. I feel like also too that was like Matthew Delvadova as well. Yeah, it was the same thing where it's just like, dude, like please. He, he defended Curry for one series, man. Calm down. Like yeah, it, it, don't get me wrong. I loved him. I, I'm in the same boat about Chetty. I never was. I, I, I'm like okay, cool. I never got the hype around him. No, nah, I used to try to hype him up a little bit. I, I used to fun, rally behind like, him just to piss off my friends because they didn't like him. But right, well, and it was fun for like the first year, but other than that, like I don't know, it was nothing really to go home for. Like I, he was never that effective. No, and and people were heartbroken by it, and I and I understand it to some degree, but I feel like fans were overreacting too much about that one. And honestly, in their defense, though, like, Struess is the guy you traded for last year that shot 35% from three. And it felt like Jetty could not put the ball in the basket at any point. 
Like I, I literally just sat there and was like, I know what you're going to say, and I do not agree with you because I know what exactly you're going to say. It's fine, but the stat is there. Jetty shot the ball from three better than Struess did. Technically, and in a statistical standpoint, he did. He shot thirty-seven percent. But yeah, but how many th- how many threes was he taking? Uh, again, it's it's a fair fair thing. He was taking almost four a game. I mean, Struess was taking seven, like a lot more. Yes, that's almost double what Jetty was taking. But you know, like it's it's not a an argument I love, but you got to look at it. I don't agree with it. I I, I, I think Struess is a better three point shooter than Jetty is. Yes, a hundred percent. I really hope you would think that too. Yeah. Yeah, but like, how much of an upgrade are you getting? That's fair. And again, I agree with you in that aspect of we needed to take a home run swing at some point, and you really didn't. Like, I I don't love, and my big problem with Struess, well, my two big problems are, we've seen this happen with Miami role players before, where Miami role players fall off a cliff after. They they look great under Eric Spolstra, and then all of a sudden they don't. Which, very underrated coach, Eric Spolstra. Oh, I mean, probably top two, maybe three in the NBA. I agree. I'll put him behind Pop just because half Pop is pop, pop, yeah. And other than that, I mean, I'm not going to go through it right now, but there might be like a name or two that I rival him with. But yeah, no, I, I think people underappreciate him. But no, you're you're correct. Like, Struess could be a guy where he's just, if you want to look at it from a football perspective, it's like a quarterback with Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Just looks good under him just because of the system. Yeah. My other big thing with him too, by the way, my, my second yeah, point on ahead. that, was that First Struess, okay, this is a guy that I just look at and I'm like, he's not worth $16 million. I agree. Like, like, what are we... I could have taken that $16 million and, like, tacked it on somewhere else that I think would have been a better, bigger role fit. You know what I would have done? Like, I, I could have gotten a guy that could have played some defense, too. At that point, then... What you should have done, you should have took the 16 from Levert and the 16 from Struess and then go and got a way better name than that, in my opinion. Because at that point, like... And I think one of the things we're skipping over here, too, is the... Um, that there's, like, It's obviously in center like, base. Obviously, and, and there's yeah. like there's cap things in there, too. Like, I don't know exactly how it works because the NBA... Right, uh, cap thing is like an absolute mystery to me. But like a mid-level exception, a guy that pay gets no, paid between here and here doesn't actually like really affect your cap. Technically speaking, yes. But I'm just saying you should have took. It was supposed to be a hypothetical. Damn I, it! I'm just I'm like I'm poking <laughs> I know, a I'm just logical hole you. in the argument because I'm pretty sure that's how the mid-level exception works, and I think that was Levert. I'm just saying in general, though, you should have took the money and tried something else and tried to get a better name and then just have Okuro be that bench piece at that point yeah I I don't know I I don't know I I feel like and and it's rivaling my own argument my biggest thing with the Cavs is I want depth signing both of those guys gives you that right but then at some point are you going to get a guy that's going to start for you consistently and you know what you're going to get out of him or you just going to throw out the guy that's streaky as shit and you don't know because you have two streaky guys now in Levert and Struess. Like, it's plain and simple. 
You know, and so I just don't understand, like, what were we chasing then at the small forward position? I guess, and I'll, I'll blow the argument to shreds, and I don't want to go too deep into this because we could go down an absolute rabbit hole in this. Yeah, that's fine. But, like, when do you start to put the blame on Donovan and Darius? Like, I agree. Like, those are the two guys you need to step up. Like, you, we have two stars absolutely solidified in those two. Evan Mobley in a blossoming star, and Jared Allen in, like, an all-star caliber level player. Like, those four have to step up and do something. No, and I'm not disagreeing with you on that aspect like, You don't need all. five all-star level players on one team. No, I— You do not. I agree. I agree to some degree, but at some point— you need more consistency as well, too, because I'm not going to say like <laughs> consistency. Consistency costs money. No, and I agree. The most consistent players get paid. Overall, I'm just I'm not even saying like with the small forward position now. I'm saying like in general, you just need more consistency. Period. And I agree. Like you you need it out of Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. You saw it in that last playoff game. Like they it's either one or the other. Like, I just don't understand why it was like that. Uh, this is not a team who needs to get better in the regular season. Like, they were the four seed. Like, that's good. Right. Yeah, like, I, that's good. And I'm, I'm confident in a four seed being able to win an NBA Finals. Yep. There's no problem with that. I don't need my team to go out and win 70 games in a regular season. I agree. You I just agree. need to show up when, you know, the actual playoffs roll around. So we kind of got off topic there because that was about Chetty Osmond, technically. Yeah. But the other name, again, that we chipped away in all those deals was Lamar Stevens. I don't, I guess you you could talk a little bit about him, but at the same time, you really can't. Like, dude, what? He, he was averaging five points per game. He started a little bit last year. He actually started 25 games for us. I, I think the the one part that I would say that I'm going to miss is he was a defensive guy. He, a dog. The, the problem that you got out of him was he was Isaac Okoro. Yeah. Like, him and Okoro are literally the exact same player. But it helps, too. Be, it would, If you kept him around, you wouldn't have had to have shopped for a defensive bench piece as well because that was a big problem with us. Like, it, it, again, keep saying it. Jalen Brunson lit us up. Like, I don't know. Like, if you're going to – at some point, you're going to have to trade offense for defense – and he was going to be that guy, unless you signed a guy like Donovan DiVincenzo, which they didn't. Yeah, Dante DiVincenzo. Dante, not, sorry. Not Donovan. Yeah, Mitchell. And a lot of D's rolling around. Whoa. Uh, whoa. Hey, yo. Yo, that was kind of wild there, but I don't know. I. Either way, though. Mm, no, I don't, I don't know. know. I think in today's NBA, though, you can't have two guys who aren't offensive players on the same team. Like, we're just defensive minds. No, I agree. I don't, I don't think that works in today's NBA, and that was Lamar Stevenson, Isaac Okoro. And if you made me pick one or the other, Okoro's my guy. I agree. But then at that point, again, DiVincenzo, like, he was a 3 and D guy, and it would have been sufficient to have him out there. Probably better if you had him out there against the Knicks than what we had on the court at that point. Because it at that because think about it like this: whoever was struggling that day, kick him to the bench, and then you put Divincenzo in place for them. And then, say if it was Donovan Mitchell that was having a night, you kick Carlin to the bench, let Divincenzo play, guard Brunson, and I just I guess it it may not be an I don't know. 
It's just it, it's it's frustrating to see that like the, the problem was were you willing to pay DiVincenzo fifty million dollars like for he, how many years though? four so he got paid more than Struess but I also think Struess is the much better offensive talent there yeah I think DiVincenzo gives you more on the defensive end but like you couldn't have them both that that's not possible I but again like I just feel like you it was kind of necess- unnecessary at the point where it's just like you had you, you you brought back Levert on a two year deal though. Yeah, but then not four. And like also, who you would have been competing against at that same contract, which means you probably would have had to pay more. The New York Knicks. Sorry, that's the reality of the NBA. Guys don't want to play in Cleveland; they want to play in New York. That's what you go up against. So you would have been paying Unfortunately. him. You would have probably been paying him fifty five million dollars. You're going to probably have to pit, poach a little bit more out of him. Yep. Yeah, I agree. So. Moving forward, then we got probably the other name that really matters from an acquisition standpoint: Georges Nagy, Niang, Niang, Georges Niang, Niang, an absolute animal, absolute animal in that sense. And if that doesn't tell you how I feel about him, I'll get into it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know about this one, dude. You don't like that? This is my favorite signing by the Cavs this whole offseason. <laughs> what? But, okay. All right. Uh, that's fine, then. Where's he going to play, though? He, it will be on the bench as a three or a four. Probably the four. If it's a four, then I'm totally okay with it. I but if it's a it. three, you're just making it even worse. My bench one through five here, which will include one of the guys that we'll get into literally next after this, but don't go too deep into it. Uh, it'll be Ricky Rubio. And then it'll be Karis LeVert. Is this wait wait? Is this who is coming onto the court after the starters are done? Yes, yes. These like are this like, is the next. This is five. your next five. Okay, next which five. Which obviously it. minutes and like rotations obviously all switch around in here. Right. Obviously. If you made me pick a secondary five, this is who I'm going. This is yeah. Ricky Rubio, Karis LeVert, Isaac Okoro, Georges Niang, and Damian Jones is the name that we'll get into next. Yeah, I, I'm okay with it. If you can sell me on him being the power forward, I'm totally okay with it. You want me to sell you on him being the power forward? You want to play a little game? Let's let, let's play a little game. <laughs> let's let's uh let's get right into it. All right, here we go. The game that I'm playing with you is the fact that the guy's six seven. Sounds okay? like all the girls that <laughs> text me, all the games they're playing with. All me. the games I'm playing with you. Um, no, but the the guy's six seven. Okay, and he's not your prototypical four of like. You know, you're going and getting a guy who's ripping down. Like, this isn't Dennis Rodman. Right. Let's not act like that is. This is a modern NBA four. Somebody who can shoot the ball. Stretch four. He's a stretch big. That's what he is. Okay. Okay? So, sure. Was he ripping down rebounds? No. He averaged, like, less than three rebounds a game. Off the bench, he played in 78 games. He's now played in over 70 games for three straight years. Okay? All basically off the bench. Like, he started 18 games over that span. Yeah, he's averaged, I believe, 15 minutes in his career per game. This is true. Also going on an average, though, like the last four years have been, or yeah, like 15-ish north of that. Yeah. Like the last two years have been over 20. And and I'm okay with it, again, if you are putting him at that spot. But if you try to force him into that small, the small forward room, like, I don't think you do because you don't have enough bigs. You, you don't. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, and also, like forgetting in this equation, by the way, which might shake things up, 
Dean Wade's still around. Like Dean Wade is still around, yeah. Like the Cavs like him. He'll probably get minutes. Like I probably left his name off that five. Probably can't. Like I don't know where you slot him in. He will eventually get time though. But he will be getting They his have minutes. a weird obsession with Dean Wade. They do, and I don't love it, but he's <laughs> it's okay. Whatever. Um but also Niang, I mean, we're talking about a guy who shot literally forty percent from three last year. Again, the Cavs need shooters. You get one that's a big guy and can shoot the ball. Who, by the way, if Evan Mobley ever goes down, now he's not Evan Mobley and certainly not defensively. Obviously. But you can actually space the floor. Or if you need a lineup that can space the floor, you have a big that can actually shoot now. Who can give one of those guys a relief? You don't just have to run a two-big lineup or a no-big lineup. You can actually run one where you have a 6'7 guy who's effective at shooting the ball on the outside and actually opens up the lane for a guy like Harris LeVert or Donovan Mitchell to drive? Uh, yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's, I mean, it's not a massive deal. Three years, 26 mil. It's not like we're paying him out of the wazoo. It's it's bench money. But overall, like, as long as they are going to make him a power forward, I'm okay with it. I agree 100%. Like, he's depth. Like you said, we need depth from that position, and you got it. We're in a spot, too, in the NBA where it's like it's positionless basketball in a way. I agree. But you don't need a one that distributes the ball, a two that's just a scorer, a three that's kind of all around. It's not like football or baseball. I agree. Like You you can move guys around. But like You can run small and big lineups, and sure, your lineup might be a little smaller with him on the floor, but also you're going to space the floor and you're going to be able to shoot. Yeah, I agree. I I think it's a good depth piece there. And another one, we'll get into him then too. As you mentioned, Damien Jones signs for two years, a little less than five mil. I, again, he was traded for some cash considerations. I, it wasn't cash considerations, it was just cash. Yeah, they literally, it, it was the Kyle Corver of trades where they traded him for a printer, basically. Basically, yes. But I'm assuming more money. So, again, another thing where it's just you're addressing a depth need. That was it. I mean, in one aspect, I'm very upset with how they handled the small forward position, the starting small forward position, I should say, and maybe the point guard depth piece, sort of, like as a 3 and D. I'm mad about that, but on the flip side, like I, I like the depth that they have down low now because there's actual... There, for the first time, like there actually is depth now. It's not like we're just like, oh my god, like they, like both of our starting bigs have to play the full time. Like I'm okay with subbing him out at some point. Yeah, he. I mean, he averaged. Damian Jones averaged almost 16 minutes a game last year for Utah. That was in 19 games. He also split time with the Lakers last year. I, I don't know. Like, I don't hate it. No, I, I, I don't think hate it at all. This is what I've been asking for, right? Like. I don't need a guy who's a star out there as a rotational big. I need a guy who can go out there and run up and down the floor a few times and give one of my stars a break. That's it, literally... In, That's what he does. The thing is, he probably won't even... Because in his last... Technically, in his last 10 games, he averaged around 19 minutes. And, I mean, four rebounds. He's probably not going to see 19 minutes with the Cavs, I'm assuming. I'm, probably not, yeah. Probably could be like a little lower into the to, 15 yeah. range. If I could get four rebounds out of him, 15 minutes, just doesn't clog up anything either, scores a basket here or two, like I'm totally fine with it. We just literally had 
nobody last year. That was the problem that I had. I, I mean, if you it, if you look at it from a perspective of, yeah, it wasn't a home run pickup, yeah, okay, I, I get it. But you didn't need a home run piece here. You just needed a body that could actually physically play the game, right? Yeah. No, 100% you did. And I mean, like when you look at his years where he's actually played like a decent amount of games— He's pushing north of, like, five, six points a game, like, up to eight in 2021-2022 with Sacramento. Uh, Like, he was the 30th pick in the 2016 draft. You didn't expect much, obviously. I mean, it's a lower pick, but he's also a first-round guy at the same time. Fair enough. Like, he's not a guy that you expect to be complete bum. I agree. He got drafted in the first round. Yeah. So it's like, I I don't know. You're, You're getting a younger guy. I mean, he comes in at age 28. Like, that's a guy that can still move up and down the floor perfectly fine. And again, he can eat up minutes. Like, that's, that's my biggest thing. Literally it. Eat up minutes. Like, and he's not going to be, like you said, he's not going to be useless when he's down there. He's not going to clog the paint. Like, as long as you're not getting obliterated when you're on defense, like, they're just feeding it into your we center. We won't have a problem with you then at that point. Right. Like, when I felt my bench was on this, like, floor and they brought in a big, I couldn't trust anybody to be out there because they were just going to get eaten alive by the five. Like yeah. Last year, there was nobody to step in if it wasn't Mobley or Allen. And now there is where it's like, oh, they can have Tyler Zeller or Cody Zeller on the – not Tyler Zeller, he's gone. But they can have <laughs> Cody Zeller on the floor, and I'm not going to be like, oh, my God. Like we're screwed. How, how is Dean Wade going to guard Cody Zeller? Right. And and it also helps, too, that Niang comes in and you have a little bit more of a stretch for it. So, like, you have that now. Yeah, in spacing. Like, yeah. Damon Jones can go sit in the paint. And he's a little bit of a – he's a contributor too. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like, it, you got a role player in Niang and a contributor out of that. And then you also got another role player. So, I, overall, I would say Damian Jones, it, it, it's a good bench piece. And that's exactly what we needed. And I'm very happy that we ended up going out there and picking up those pieces because we definitely needed that. And then there was also one more piece. Um, Ty Jerome picked him up as well, too. Uh, two years, five mil. Again, nothing crazy numbers, number-wise, anything like that. But it, you're looking at a shooting guard. Not that – it's not stats that are going to just blow you away. But, I mean, again, it's, it's a roll piece. 17 minutes, seven points. It's not – Terrible, but I, again, I know, it's man. depth. He's looked okay. He's he was okay. on the Warriors last year. It's tough, to, and it's tough to have <laughs> you know have a shooting career there because it's you know Steph Curry takes away a lot of the tension there. But he also played in forty five games. Yeah, like, it wasn't terrible. And again, that's from the point guard, shooting guard, literally every other position other than small forward. You were just looking for depth this year. Yep. And you got it. And which I'm very happy about. It's not gonna be a guy that's gonna, you know, take over a game or anything like that, but that's not what we were looking for. You needed a guy just to eat up a couple minutes and you got him. I mean again, he averaged eighteen minutes a game with the Warriors, which, by the way, is already already argument enough to replace him from Ricky Rubio. Like that you can make that argument. I like Ricky Rubio. 
but also I saw nothing out of him last year compared to the year before where he actually looked really good. Right, and he is also coming off of an, an injury, injury as well. Absolutely, a major injury. Yeah. But, like, I mean, Jerome, not like spraying the ball or anything, but he shot 39% from three. He's capable of shooting the three. And he's, like, almost 50% from the field last year on averaging seven points. Like, again, the numbers aren't flying out of, like, the paper to you or flying out of the screen, but, like, I'm staring at it going, okay, like, I could trust this guy coming off the bench to actually handle the rock a little bit. Give him 15 minutes. I like him a hell of a lot better than, like, Raul Neto. Yeah. That dude was handling the ball for us last year, and I wanted to close my eyes. Which is scary to think about. I don't even want to. But then you you brought up an interesting point there, though. What happens to Rubio? I don't know, man. I mean, I think it's a little bit of a battle between Jerome and Rubio. I think Rubio's still the better, like, quote-unquote, like, point, point guard, guard overall. Like, as a traditional point guard, but... Again, positionless. Yeah, and it, it's a long season. Guys are going to get work in anyway. Like, it, come down to playoffs, I think you would trust Rubio over Jerome, assuming he's healthy and doesn't, like, fall off a cliff in terms of production, but... I mean, I don't like, I don't hate that Jerome's the guy right behind him. Yeah. Like, I would trust him in a game. I'd be okay with him playing. And that was the problem. Like, when Rubio wasn't there for us, dealing with injuries or whatever, like, you really couldn't take any guy off the court in that backcourt. No. Like, think of the guys who had come in and played. Like, I mean, we're talking like Raul Neto stepped in, and there's a couple of names who I can't even pull out of my, like, rear end right now. Like, there was, oh, gosh, it's going to haunt me. The the two names, there's the one. Did Windler technically count? Windler? No, he played three no, games yeah, last year. Yeah, no, that's right, yeah. Uh, Brandon Goodwin? Brandon Goodwin. Was the guy who came up and played for a little bit? Lord. And there was one more, like, tiny white guy who could, like, barely move, and he went off one game. And I used to always joke with my friends, but I cannot remember the name for the life, life of me. Wasn't Craig Porter Jr. No, Craig Porter Jr. is the new signing. I don't even think he's on the roster anymore. Yeah, I'm assuming that he's probably not on the roster. Either way, though, it just goes to show you that now we can at least deal with injuries in that department as well, too, now. Got it. Kevin Pangos. <laughs> Kevin Pangos. I remember that name. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like Those are who's been on the floor the last two years. Like. I just trust Ty Jerome a lot more than I trust most of those I guys. I agree. I agree. And Brandon Goodwin, by the way, I actually liked. I thought he was like a really good hustle player. Yeah. It was just like he just wasn't there. He wasn't ready. A.K.A. Lamar Stevens. But yeah, either way. smaller, more agile version of Lamar Stevens. So before we wrap this up, we, we still obviously have this or that. That's not going away. I have one more question. Let's hear it. Overall, and I'm putting you on the spot for this one. Okay. Overall... What would you give this offseason so far, grade-wise? This is not something I had prepared, so I'm going off the spot. I know. That's why I'm I'm throwing you for a little loop. But So without any like deep really thinking into it, my initial thought that comes straight to my head, like a B, B-. Minus. Like, I, I'd probably say B. Okay. Again, again, I don't love each every individual piece, but in terms of what we were missing— Every single aspect that we talked about that were like, this is what needs to change. You need this, 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 and this. You know what he did? Went out and attacked all four of those things. You need a rotational big man. Hello, Damian Jones. I was like, actually, you kind of need a rotational guard. Hello, Ty Jerome. You need guys that can shoot. Not only did you get 
Max Struess, who undoubtedly can shoot the basketball, like no matter what you think about him, he can shoot. But you also went out and got Niang, who's another rotational big, but just in a stretch four. I'd probably go lower than you. I'd say C+, because I still think you have a lot of question marks at that small forward position. You didn't clear... you. I think in my mind... There's no a, clarity with it still. I think you have a clear one and two in the small forward. If you consider... Because I consider Levert more of a guard than a forward. I'd also consider Struess a guard, but he's going to play the three. Yeah. But I, I, Struess is your starting three, and I think Okoro is the guy coming off the bench. I guess I was hoping for someone to come in and really be an established third scorer and also three on the floor. You know, and I get it, positionless basketball, understandable, but I don't know. I'd probably say C plus at this point. Looking for better, but I do I will have to say the depth has been better. Like we've yeah. we've gotten much better in that aspect. So that's partly why that's my saving grace with it. If we didn't get any depth piece, I'd be F at yeah. that point. But depth, depth was my biggest issue. Yeah. And it, without a doubt you have to say It's probably it. why you're a little higher than me. Yeah. I mean they added depth. They technically did add depth, but just not in that they did in the small forward position but just not an established guy there that's my overall take on that on mistake by the take but yeah so we'll see which one's the mistake yeah (laughs) both of us yeah Yeah. probably so that wraps up the Cavs offseason but it doesn't wrap up this episode because obviously we got this or that every Wednesday it's been our thing. We we kind of lacked on it for a little bit, but we got back on it. So, obviously, since it's the quote-unquote off-season, I know I hate using the word, we're going to go with this or that, but who's the winner of these NBA trades that went down? There's a couple that we've already discussed from just it, because this is— Yeah, like hot off the press, stuff right. like that. This, this overall take is from— the whole offseason. Oh, right. And it's not just Cavs, obviously. But it's, again, this or that, which team won the trade. So, we're, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, before we even get into the ones that we have scheduled, we didn't really take a stance. You think the Cavs win the trade against... I, I don't know if you can pick like the Heat as a winner there, because they just really don't have Struess, and they just pick up a second. But do you think the Cavs win the trade by getting Struess and giving up Ospin, Lamar Stevens in two seconds? I mean, I don't think they gave up really anything at that department. So, and they get a guy that's going to be a contributor or at least should be a contributor. It's a different face. I would say yes. I'd yeah. go I think Cavs at that, that point, Cavs win that trade. Like, yeah. it's a guy who you at least have like a question mark around. Like, I'm staring at Jetty Osman, Lamar Stevens, just like, I could do without these guys. And then they are, they're gone. And that was my big thing, too. They they initially picked up the Jetty Osman uh, fully guarantee by keeping him through whatever the date was, June or July something. I think it was the end of June. Yeah. And I was like, that's horrible because it was $7 million. But now he's gone. Yep. So we're going to kick it off with the Bradley Beal trade. So if you don't obviously know what happened there, basically the little rundown is Phoenix gets Beal and a couple other players I'm not going to say bums because that's what Jake put on that's the what outline I typed out. those guys aren't contributing Beal's and bums either way Phoenix gets Beal that's the main part of it obviously it's really the only part that matters at all exactly but then also Washington gets CP3 
which Chris Paul, who is eventually traded later, Shamit, dude, dude se- six second rounders. Six consecutive second rounders, 2024 to 2030. And then the rights to trade swap every even year in that span, and then three and a half mil. I, I think I have to clarify that, too. I think it was 24, 26, 28. I don't think 30 was a uh, pick swap. That was me writing it in the outline. That's a my mistake, but I think it's 24, 26, 28 pick swaps. Either way, it's just a fuck ton of picks. Yeah. yeah. That's basically... The trade was CP3, Shamit, and a fuck ton of picks. Yeah. So, what do you got? Uh, if I have to go one or the other, on this trade, and this trade specifically... I'm actually going to side with Phoenix, but I don't love it. I mean, it's pretty clear-cut for me. It's I, Phoenix. Like, like Washington, in the short term, definitely gets worse, right? Like, you'll lose Bradley Beal. You get Chris Paul, who you weren't keeping around anyway, which we'll get into that later, which is why I think in the long term, Washington wins, wins this trade, but it's actually the next one they win more than this one. I could, Oh, but, okay. Like, I see what, where you're going yeah, with, what, with this. Yeah, what they like took this whole haul into and traded it in, I like it better for Washington. But in terms of what this actual deal, it's Phoenix. Yeah. Like, they, they got so much better by adding Bradley Beal. Now, again, now we're going to get into that discussion about how many scores on a floor and stuff. You have way too many at that point. Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant. Uh, you how can is that going to work? In, but I don't think so. Aiton's gone. There's no way they're keeping him around. I'd ship him off to, I don't even know. Ship him up to Boston? Absolute <laughs> no. banger. Absolute it's a good song. Probably um, <laughs> just any team that needs a center at that point. No, the Celtics are not getting him. That was all for the song. I'd probably say, you know what would be an interesting one? And I, I heard this on uh, The Herd, Let's Colin Coward. The Knicks would be a good one. Think about it. It'd be interesting. It'd I, be interesting. And then also, too, you get Mitchell Robinson in return. So then, yeah, it's probably less, but it's cheaper, too. Because I mean, think about it now. You got to pay KD, Booker, and Beal. Like yeah. that's a lot of money there. That is. So either way, though, I, I mean, yeah, I'm probably going with Phoenix on this one just because of Bradley Beal. But that leads us into the next trade. Which, by the way, the Suns also no depth. No depth either. Like, that's talk a about problem a team with no yeah, depth. I agree. But go ahead. Yep. But that leads us into the next trade with Golden State and Washington. I, I still don't understand this one, dude. Me either. Golden State trades for. Chris Paul and Washington gets a slew, which kind of reveals my cards, I guess. But they get Jordan Poole, a 2030 first round pick, which is top 20 perfect, uh, protected. 2027 second rounder, Ryan Rollins, Patrick Baldwin Jr. I'm I, Again, I, I said I revealed my cards on it. I'm taking the shot with Jordan Poole and saying Washington won this trade. Because what, what else are you getting out of Chris Paul now. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I love Chris Paul to death. He's one of my favorite players all time. Don't get me wrong. But the problem is, like, he's old. There's a reason Phoenix didn't want him anymore. And part of it, too, is just, like, what is he going to play? I don't like Curry in an off-ball situation. No, not at all. I I just... Like, the only scenario where I even semi-like it is if you're committing to moving Chris Paul to the bench... And are we ready to say that? Like, no, I don't think so. I, I he's I, I don't. I want to. Not say, are you running like yeah, like you said, like three guards, <laughs> like Chris Paul, your one, Steph Curry, your two, and Clay, your three. 
I hate that too. Yeah, no, I want I want the ball in Steph hands every time I can. You you can't really put him in an off ball scenario. That's why it, again, it's not clear cut, but I would say by a good margin, Washington won this trade. Like, yeah, there's no doubt about it. I, I'm all with you, and I don't even like Jordan Poole. I don't mind him. I don't even think he's a great player. Like I think he's really overrated. But I think him, I'm I'm willing to take the shot on him though because again you're oh for Washington 100 percent because think because about, by the time they're actually good he won't be there. Well, and, so he'll like hold down the fort enough to make them like look respectable and have people maybe show up to some games. I don't necessarily think like that. I think it's more of just a again like a dart throw. You know, if you hit with it, great because. It's kind of hard to have a role, a scoring role in that sense, with Golden State. And he still put up 20, 20 a game. Like, I I think there's potential there. And if they can unlock it, he could be a key piece moving forward. That's what I'm – and again, who knows if it works out. Yeah. I don't know. But either way, though, I mean, I still think just straight up, even if they did Jordan Poole for Chris Paul – I'd still probably say Washington at that point. I think I would too, just because it draws too many questions on the side of Golden State. Yeah. Also, do you uh, do you agree that Washington is like they, they got to be bottom of the league, right? Oh yeah. Like there's no hundred, no doubt about it. Jordan Poole, Kyle Kuzma, and Landry Shamit. <laughs> it's a weird starting lineup too. Like I don't like. I, I, don't I just like don't. It. No. No, I, I agree. No, they're they're way down. Which, by the way, if there's a name from the big three in Washington that. I just said that was missing. That makes you scratch your head. That leads us into our next team. There we go. Good, 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 good one. Thank you. So the next one, I can't believe you still put this. <laughs> so we we did talk about this on one of our past episodes because it was on hot off the press. It's the Kristaps Porzingis trade, and it's a three teamer, and Boston gets Tingus Pingus, formerly known. As Kristaps Porzingis. If you don't know the video, look it up. And they also get a first round pick. It's Golden State's pick, but it's from Memphis. They also get Marcus Sesser, who was later traded to Detroit with that pick. Again, it's really confusing. Yeah, they they basically had Sasser, and I think they moved him to Detroit for like two seconds or something. They, They literally, like, Got Sasser, traded Sasser for something with like a player, then used that player to trade to a different team and get another player in return with picks, and then used one of those players that they got back to trade again. Like they were literally just cycling through people. I don't even understand what you just said there, but hey, that works. They, they made like four trades, and guys were Celtics for like three hours. Yep, basically what happened. And then the second team that was involved was the Memphis Grizzlies, and they got Marcus Smart, and then now. Washington, another another time they made a trade. They get Tice Jones, Mike Muscala, Daniel Gallinari, and Julian Phillips. I'd be hyped if it was like, I don't know, 2017. But like I don't know now. Like Mike That's Muscala and Daniel statement. Gallinari. Like, I mean, I don't know. This one's this one's a weird trade because yeah. there's there, you could you could say two different teams won this one, and I'd be okay with it. I want to hear what you got, though. Uh, so I, I'm instantly not going to say Boston in terms of the fact that I absolutely hate Tingus Pingus. Kristaps Porzingis, baby, babe. Like, I, I just don't think he's a winner. Like, I think there's just problems wherever he goes. Like, it, it was a problem there's in a New York. factor. Well, I don't know, man. 
like just think about where he's been. The Knicks weren't good when they had him. He went to Dallas. That was a mess. Like Dallas hated him. They wanted him gone so fast. And then he uh, makes his way over to Washington on a bad team, and they're like, well, yeah, let's uh, not keep you around for the future either, which there's more of a rebuild, I think, than anything. But And now he's a Celtic. And I also hate it for Boston because now your big three is Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Tingus Pingus. The price is wrong, bitch. Correct. That, that is exactly what we're talking about here. So then Memphis or Washington, what do you think? Who won it? <sighs> Five. Like, am I really going to say Memphis right now? Am I really going to say Memphis is better for getting Marcus Mark Smart? Marcus freaking smart, like, dude. No, dude. Like, Pure I, grit. Like, I, I'm going to say Washington, but I don't think they, like, win out that much. Like, Tyus Jones is fine. Like, It was like a, it was a dump. Yeah, like, that's all it was. Like, the the big thing here was that Boston got Chris Tapps Porzingis, and I just don't like it. Like, that, that's my thing. Like, I think Washington probably wins a trade here by getting Tyus Jones, who I actually kind of like. I think he's a good rotational piece. Mike Muscala means absolutely nothing to me. Like, I love Moose, but... Again, Again, it's not 2017. Like, yeah. Yep. Uh, I actually like Danilo Gallinari. Uh, He was supposed to be on Boston last year. Was supposed to be a contributing role. And literally just got hurt and never had a chance to play. So, I think Washington actually gets a really good score in that sense. And the name Julian Phillips, literally, like, you could have told me that was a specific screwdriver. I honestly thought that was like a linebacker in the NFL. It probably For is. some reason. It sounds more like a linebacker. Well, I think I thought of like Julius Peppers, but can I say nobody? <laughs> if you can say nobody, then I'm joining you. All right, fine. I, I'll, I'll stick to my word since we've had this argument multiple times this week already. I'm going to go with Boston. Yeah, I, fair enough. I mean, but it's so even that it's like, I, I mean, because they lose Marcus Smart. I don't know what that. I don't like that at all. I thought he was Agreed. a guy that was just grit on that team. So, I mean, I could say Memphis, too. That was my other team that I was just like, yeah, like I, I, I could see it. But at the same time, I'm just... None of it's... It, it, well, even in like Memphis's point, like I, I guess they were doing it because of the John Morant suspension, partly. Do you think that had to be some motivation, right? Because you don't um, just trade trade for a starting point guard like that. I think part of it's to stay competitive while he's gone, but the other big part of it is like now Ja can kind of relax and play the two and not be having to carry such a defensive load. Because don't forget they also lose Dylan Brooks. Yeah, who's kind but, of a defensive anchor for them. Yeah, I, whew, I Dylan Brooks, man. Yeah, I mean, he's now a Houston Rocket, so. <laughs> also, Julian Phillips, a Chicago Bull. They, they didn't even hold on to him, Washington. Oh, so. yeah, and he's gone. He's a 2023 number 35th overall pick out of Tennessee. Great. So then uh, we're going to keep going with Boston trades here because another one Some teams have been active, man. Some teams so. have been active. So Grant Williams is the big name out of this one, and Dallas gets Grant Williams out of it. Boston gets three second-round picks in 2024, 2025, and 2028. But then the third team, San Antonio gets Reggie Bullock and a 2023 unprotected first-round pick. Who wins it? So San Antonio's 2023 unprotected pick was that number one Victor Wembanyama trade. Then I would have said San Antonio. But the the problem is I don't even know where this San Antonio pick went. Yeah, we don't know. Like, I've literally been looking at it. Genuinely, we looked at it for, like, 
probably it, 15 minutes and we're like where is it where like where did it go i can't find it so and whoever it is it's clearly not like a massive contributor anyway yeah um which is why i'm gonna say that grant williams going to dallas here is the absolute win yep it is the one for like, me too they add a defensive four and they just get better like this team gives up essentially nothing like reggie bullock like that's what i'm supposed to be afraid of giving up like I, I think most Dallas Maverick fans are just upset and absurd sitting there watching Reggie Bullock sit in the corner and hit like thirty percent of his threes. Yeah, I don't get why. Like he's a good defensive. So would be upset about that though. No. Truthfully, like, like I, I think they're upset staring at him doing it, but like losing him now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, no, I, so agree. I think Dallas wins. I think Grant Williams going to Dallas is probably the winner for me. I. I Either way, like it's a good, I, it's another, it's a, it's a good piece. I think I Boston get only getting three second round picks back is like criminal there. Yeah, I do too. Like, I don't know why. I think Grant Williams some. is like, I think he's worth a late first. Yeah, late to mid, probably. Like, you go top twenty protected. The, the argument there is that he's not always healthy too. I get that. But like still, he when he's on healthy. the floor, though, I mean, he's he's good. He's good. Like he's, he's productive. Starting level, maybe if not, like easily in your top seven. I yeah. When you look at Grant Williams, I mean, it's not, again, he's not going to put up absurd numbers. He's a defensive guy. But he's a defensive guy, and he's going to start probably, right? I would assume they went out and got him for him to start. If you're giving up Reggie Bullock, who was a starter for them, I would see a starter for a starter. Yeah, I agree. I would have a hard time believing that he doesn't make the the starting lineup. And then for the last one. We already, again, touched on this guy a little bit in, I believe it was the NBA draft episode. I think so. Because you were very pissed off by it, and we already know your answer probably. The John Collins trade. So the Houston Jazz, which I don't know what the hell. Well, that's not where they play. Houston Wow. Why did I say Houston Jazz? (laughs) They do not play in that Not even close. I don't even know why I was thinking Houston in that aspect. I don't know either. Houston Jazz. Utah Jazz. There we go. For their... We got it eventually, but the, we're NBA guys. We're NBA guys. Yeah, I promise. I'm not a. I'm not a football guy. It's fine. Utah Jazz get John Collins for basically a bag of chips at this point. I mean, Atlanta got Rudy Gay and a 2026 second rounder. If and I, I again, these okay, terms so, yeah. make. No sense whatsoever. So, so I read this, and I think what happens here, okay, is it's the, he thinks. Is, I think, okay, I I hate trades in the NBA. They drive me up a wall. Stupid. Okay, so I think what happens here is it's the Jazz second round pick in twenty twenty six, unless Memphis finishes with pick thirty one through forty two, then it goes as Memphis's pick, which probably happened in some random trade three four years ago that I don't know, and I'm not going to find the time to look up because I don't care. <laughs> Quite frankly, I don't. I just don't. I don't get it, especially for like I get it. If there's like a top twenty protection on, I get that. Yeah, that makes, that makes total, total sense. sense. Total sense. But on a second round pick, you have protections. Really? Hold on, hold on. It's our pick in the second round, unless Memphis finishes in the top eleven teams in the NBA and ends up with pick thirty one through forty two. Then it's theirs. But if it actually falls on a solar eclipse. Then it's going to be the Cleveland Cavaliers pick. 
Either way, John unless Collins. Unless it's a Sunday. Yeah. Unless it's a Sunday. Then unless it'll it's be the a Celtics. Sunday. Yeah. It feels like an. It feels. You know what it feels like? You know, like those like random obscured stats that people just randomly throw out. Sometimes? Yeah, the ESPN stats. It's, it feels like that. Literally, that's the, the it. fact that this is the first time LeBron James has ever scored twenty-eight points on a Saturday afternoon when 20. the court temperature was exactly sixty-four degrees on a like. And it, he you brushed know, his December. teeth at 9.07 a.m. Right. Yeah, like it doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, but anyways, John Collins easily wins that trade for us. Both uh, of us, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm going to take a wild much, guess on that one for you. I would much rather have John Collins right now, but I actually don't think that's like as clear-cut as it looks because if John Collins— Oh, if he can't stay healthy. Right, like he's had problems okay. staying healthy. He's had character that's issues. Fair. He hasn't always been the most productive, like— and he's I, making twenty five million dollars. I uh, yeah, I get okay. That makes you sense. Could, you if could you're lose saying out it there. from a money perspective, yeah. And you, but I was just saying you're not giving up jack shit other than the money. Theoretically, you Utah could be worse next year because of. I it. don't know what they're brewing out there. It's kind of weird. Yeah, they got a whole pot of stuff cooking up with marketing and it's Colin like, Sexton. What and, are we? They had so many bigs out there now. They were like competitive last year. Yeah, yeah I know. Kessler, that's a, like yeah, Sexton's out there too. Yeah, yeah. you mentioned that. I don't know. So to wrap up this or that, for the Beal trade, we both said Phoenix wins it just for that trade perspective. And then for the Chris Paul, Jordan Poole trade, we both said Washington. The Kristaps three-team trade, you said that it was Memphis, right? Or did you Uh, go Washington? No, I ended up going Washington, Washington. they're all losers. They're all losers at this point, especially especially Tingus Pingus. Um, never, never forget. But you Again, still say Boston. I still say Boston <laughs> on that one. But overall, no winners from that. The Grant Williams trade, we both agreed that it was Dallas. And then for the last one, the John Collins trade, we both agree that it is not the Houston Jazz. The Utah Jazz won the trade. Dang, we suck. We're boring, huh? We're we're boring. Yeah, <laughs> we just agreed like on four out of five of those. And the one we didn't disagree with, we both just said these teams suck. Right, like, this trade it's sucks. Kind of like, yeah, well, you know. So either way, that wraps up this episode of Mistake by the Take. Do you have any closing thoughts? Um, I think the Cavs will be better this year, and um, I'm I hope so. Tired. I'm hungry. I forgot a drink today, so Me I need too. to go get something to drink. That's my closing mm-hmm. thought right now. I agree. Yeah, I um, hopefully I put it down a couple of bets for the All Star Game. You'll probably yeah, I'm absolutely not it. touching that. Really? <laughs> Absolutely not. Like I saw a couple boosted bets. So I was like, yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Uh, but, the American League has won nine years in a row. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe, may, maybe there's a change this year. Who, who knows? Because not I, me. That's why I'm not putting money on it. I don't know. It, either way, gambling's fun. That's yeah. all I know. Uh, so you know, oh. I'll throw it out. Because guess what? You got to follow us everywhere. Yeah, throw Mistake it out by the take on Instagram at mbttpod on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Volnick2 on Twitter and at Jake Volnick on Instagram and Dylan. D.Y. Felt. Anything uh, else? I think that's it. All right. See you next episode. Adios. Deuces.